Chapter 16 The Secret Teachings of Love The weight of one sword is much to bear. Even as I held two, I could manage. But as soon as those three blades pierced my heart, my spirit was permanently damaged. My heart broke like never before, and the weight of those three swords pulled me down. I sank deep into the ocean, so deep, until there were no other living beings around. Watching and waiting, the abyss began to flow, and then out of nowhere a great white light appeared when a grapevine started to grow. Her soul was pure and vast, and now I knew this was the energy of the Sacred Mother. She came to stand beside me when four angels came close and hovered. Each of these angelic beings had wings stretching wide, and they picked me up from the bottom before they carried me into an empty room. There I was brought into a cathedral on the bottom of the abyss as I watched them lower my body upon a sacred tomb. I could not speak, since those three swords pinned my essence still, and yet I was aware of this brilliant woman's power, but then why had I been killed? Lying on the tomb, she pulled the three heavy swords out from my heart one by one. Then the angels let me be, and so death was done. Sinking within myself, I noticed a fourth sword pinned along my casket. There was a stained glass window up above, and then a question came to mind, but I still had no vitality to ask it. Freed from suffering, new colors captivated my mind, and now the energy of the mother leaned down as the halo atop her head burned ever bright. Brave are my wounded warriors, and here I grant you the fourth sword. Rest on your casket tonight and tomorrow you will rise up and return to battle in search of the great reward. Death is not the end, but rather you risk your heart for something true. And so you earn three swords by living for something greater than you, she said. Now the four angels tended to my broken heart, and so they applied fresh cloth around my body and chest. They pressed my hands together in prayer over the ankh within, before her angels backed away so that I could rest. Where am I? I wondered. The mother reached down to tap the ankh in my heart, and so the vision of the great cathedral evaporated before my eyes. Somehow I was transplanted into a hidden room from a recent past life. Why, yes, this was a room in which I recognized. White walls, white beds, and white dressers lined this circular space. I remembered being chained to a wheelchair when I recalled how Dionysus had spoken of this place. Yes, this was the room of spirits, the infirmary behind the brass door. But how had this vision changed from a holy cathedral to the place of torture upon the pyramid's fourth floor? This room behind the brass door was a portal into the inner world, and now all I could do was smile at fear. What is this? Gnosis, or hidden knowledge and you are beyond the brass door into the empty room. Here is the hidden sphere where understanding and wisdom merge, a point of unity in which all realization is contained, where knowing enters into knowingness. This is the place where the sword of justice is uncovered. Here I found it in this abyss, which is the hidden balancing point where all secret teachings are revealed and discovered, she said. And who are you? Shekinah. Only when this great queen touched the ankh in my heart a second time did the brass door close behind us, 
when I realized the nature of this sacred tomb. This was the path of mystery, something like a paradox contained within three deep wounds. Since you found your way back here, there is a simple question I must ask you now. The way forward requires a devotion to this cause, and so the question I ask is in regards to how. Here you have attained perfect free will, but the question is how will you put that free will to use? How will you proceed forward and relinquish the fruits of all your achievements? Will you work for humanity in cooperation with the world through the inner planes? Or will you pass into eternal rest of nirvana, where solitary bliss will be induced? She said. Upon the realization of choice, I allowed the sun in my head to illuminate the room where the light of our spirit shone forth into her stained glass. I made the decision when I departed upon this path. I believe the reason those three swords plunged into my heart is because I committed to healing a lover from my past, and so it is not possible for me to rest, and so I will relinquish the fruits of all my achievements to benefit the world in the spirit of unconditional love. You speak of a lover from your past, then where has she gone? Surely unconditional love creates one whole, but then why are you alone waiting for the rising dawn? What if you were called for something bigger? Does anything else come to mind? I wonder if there is a way to find mystical union. Now wouldn't that be something worthy to find? She said. The union I found in her came through the moment. It was an instant when I saw the jewel of life deep within her eyes. And so I must continue onward to heal what has been wounded, no matter what efforts I must try. And this lover you speak of is one of my empresses and yet she seems to have left you high and dry. Would true love abandon you with a broken heart? Or is it she who should put forth the effort and give unconditional love a try? You gave her your very best, and still she continues to buzz and bumble. If only she realized that this light is the force behind her evolution, oh, then she might remember to be grateful and humble. Empresses always seem to be open to new advances, wondering when the next partner will sweep them off their feet. They constantly crave new attention, and this continues the cyclical nature of separation, and so her dating patterns always repeat. Love is not about what separate partners do, but rather it is who we are and how we grow together. There are no conditions stating, I love you if you love me, but rather unconditional love is the root of who we are forever. Keep your heart open. Let the sun shine in your head and remain wakeful. Remember, even a broken heart can be useful. It reminds us that everything changes, and so even a broken heart has a reason to be grateful. She said, Lost and dejected, I gazed into this great mother's eyes. What a fool I was to risk my heart, but still the spark I felt for the Empress was not a lie. The connection to the Empress was real, and still I couldn't quite grasp all the mother said, and so she came to place her hand on my shoulder while I lay on the tomb of what I thought to be my deathbed. Alive you are, and thrive you must. Today you rest upon your future grave for a cause so just. Only a person of honor can discover this brass door, and here you are in this sacred place. And that is why I alone have come to revive you as I welcome you in the arms of my loving embrace. She said, A moment ago I felt used by the Empress, but now the Divine Mother kissed my hand when I found the same immense energy I first discovered in union with the Empress. Next she raised the sword pinned along my tomb, 
and with the blade over my head, she tapped each shoulder, reuniting a bond back to all of my ancestors who had once found this knowledge. Initiation into the inner light. And now it's time you know. My swords are the sharpest steel ever created, and anything my sword touches, it destroys with one blow. Carry my swords onward, and know how the masculine principle provides the weight behind the blade, while the feminine principle is connected to the sharp cutting process. And with this sword, my warriors will be protected and unafraid, she said. But about that connection with the Empress, all I can call it is an honest and pure expression of true love. If it was all or nothing, then there's no moment I'd get rid of. I will choose that connection again and again, because that union intertwined my essence into one whole. I can still feel her with me, and so I speak the truth when I say that our time together created a union of two perfect souls. Hear me now, as this is the esoteric teaching concerning twin souls. It is well known to all observers of human nature that certain people seem to bring out the best in each other, which is the feeling you found as one whole. When two come together, each nature seems to blossom and become capable of greater heights than one could reach alone. And at the time, a wonderful joy and radiance pervades you both, since the spirit is tied together the same way a fine tapestry is sewn. Should you be parted from one another, both souls seem to droop and wither, and although time serves to alleviate the bitterness of the severance, neither soul rises to its full stature in solitude unless you are reunited with her. Life without this union may feel well below its normal level. Even the feeling of heartbreak draws a deep transcendent tie through each soul. Such people may even fancy that they are not two separate entities, but the halves of a single whole. This close sympathy and perfect bond between two such minds causes moods to find its reflection in one another, and so any grief can plunge both into sorrow, while a sense of joy or bliss can uplift one through another. Twin souls are well aware of these conditions, and there is hope of the highest union hidden within each heart. In order to realize this perfect union, the two souls must create a single whole together, otherwise everything falls apart. It demands complete abnegation of self, and even though two souls are capable of such selfless love, it depends on the effort of the total pair. If this union is to flourish, it is not enough that one should give completely and the other merely receives. Even if one individual should give his or her all, both must give what the other needs. Otherwise, a single sacrifice is futile, and herein lies the key to many of the problems of unreciprocated compassion. Mates who have twin souls seem to share the most beautiful experiences, and yet they can drive each other apart through the fires of immense passion. The bond of twin souls far surpasses that which is known as married love. Beautiful and profound as it is, the companionship of marriage is built of a thousand mutual needs, tenderness, memories, and sympathies. A twin soul connection is quite different. Two partners recognize each other right away, and so their connection transcends all other partnerships, and even if it fails, the bond of this connection will wait for another day. Such a strong bond is born full-grown and cannot be regarded as a new birth. Rather, a twin-soul union is the reincarnation of a passion that developed in the past lives when both souls first met upon the earth. Though the conscious mind may be ignorant, 
the unconscious aspect of the person remembers and claims its mate. The phenomena of this love is exceedingly rare, since often it takes hundreds of years before these lovers get another chance to rekindle the twin soul's absolute fate, she said. The morning star rose between my eyes, and I was back to full strength and feeling whole. The great light that was planted from the Father glowed forth with this understanding from Shekinah, and in some way, I felt as if her and I were twin souls. After all, the mother shares her soul with her sons and daughters, and now I could see the link that connected us through every birth. I touched the Ankh in my own heart when her great white light changed into Isis and I recognized her as the mother of rebirth. This woman was the only one who dared to help me. It was she who opened the veil into the underworld. And now I could see the goddess of healing and magic in her true form as a beautiful girl. And now my soul was fresh. The spirit was tethered to her source of creation. Sitting upright, I took hold of her sword in my hand for the first time, and it felt like a jubilee of joy and elation. Mother, I have never heard of this teaching. Where does it come from? The Ida and Pingala schools are very different than the Pingala, or Eastern schools, which is also called traditional thought, as the father preaches. Women are sometimes seen as inferior or less highly developed in every way. But in the school of Ida, or the West, the place you find yourself now, women are in union with man. We are the inspirer and the great guardian of such ideas, and this is the left-hand path I paved," said Isis. Bowing to Isis, she was the queen of the throne who wore the vulture headdress. Isis, I have come to you for a reason. Tell me the secret teachings, and I will make them available to all others without ever requiring a cost. Like the wind, I will whisper whatever you say, and even if others cannot hear this, I alone will not let the truth be lost. And so Isis spoke. I will expand beyond twin souls, as how love relates to all others. There are seven planes of union, seven aspects of how souls can come to find union together. The first plane of mating is the physical connection, and all it requires is interlocking of the male phallus into the female yoni. Seen as subject and object, possessive or even trade, the patriarchy sees the first plane as a great seal of commitment through holy matrimony. The second plane takes place when desire is mutually inflamed. This could be seen as lust or yearning, as both experience a similar passion, yet no higher levels of deeper understanding or love are burning. The third plane of union depends upon emotional sympathy, a plane of the tender affections beyond physical desire alone. Here we see the emotional side of our nature desiring things like protection, compassion, or an aim for the expression of its feeling and the fulfillment of how our separate needs can be grown. The fourth plane is that of the concrete mind, where a mutual fund of common interest and knowledge is shared. Both partners use their minds to create a single consciousness. And so it is through this replicated reaction where their lives are connected and paired. On the fifth plane, intellectual sympathy determines the union. Often twin flames are found here. Together they share ideals and principles as they come together into the sphere where the evolution of the united individual first appears. Becoming one together in the moment, they create a bond that stretches beyond a single life. And once fully formed, 
This bond brings them together from the ends of the earth as they feel a connection just as deep as any selfless husband or wife. The sixth plane is the first type of spiritual union, and it all depends upon the color of your inner ray. These souls are akin to waiting for each other, for this union is impossible between those of divergent colors, and so all other potential options of union fall away. The seventh plane is where we are all one, and one is all. No closer union is possible, for this is when a separate being answers the great work of their individual soul to answer their outright call. Together they are inseparable, and apart they are still united and whole, for nothing in all of eternity can stand between this body of immortality, since they are the very essence of our loving soul," said Isis. I stayed reverent to her feet when twenty-two thousand two hundred and twenty-two lotuses bloomed before my eyes, and in that instant I knew everything was perfect when tears of joy spilled onto her flowers when my bliss came out to cry. This secret knowledge goes on to recognize two types of ties that draw souls together and binds them in a common fate. The first connection is a karmic tie, which is rooted in attractions and experience in past lives. And the impact of this connection is how any two lovers relate and mate. Remember, only an emotional bond can link two hearts, and so emotional connections do not exist below the second plane. The influence of union is proportional to the intensity of the emotional, mental, and spiritual experiences, while karmic ties tend to be based on a give and take exchange. Contact over time creates connection, and karmic ties are known to increase in strength. But if one partner evolves onto higher planes, it may feel to the other as if they've been kept at arm's length. Let us consider the impact of the lower levels of union versus higher levels where two become one. Both separate individuals go through an evolution and the karmic ties cannot be undone. Once a karmic tie is made, it can only be understood from where either partner stands. So if one person evolves to a higher plane, then you will likely fall short of the other partner's demands. When two souls grow so deep together, they create a cosmic tie. It is so selfless and universal that this bond resonates throughout eternity even after both partners die. The cosmic tie is beyond two lovers, and this aspect of the sex relationship is even less understood. The bond continues on to the cosmos and is so profound and potent that few ever discover this secret throughout adulthood. This cosmic tie creates an electric force with invisible potencies which underlie the visible world and determines its conditions. The cosmic union is a force of energy not only outflowing from the divine, but also a path of returning to divinity to the pure and perfect fruition. As the female holds the darkness in the womb, the male vehicle offers the positive spark, and the function in the partnership creates a circuit to be joined together where current flows into a cosmic arc. When this energy is connected, it bridges an ultimate link back to the divine, and this force can only be summoned when two people of equal spiritual measure are aligned. She said, looking into her eye, I saw that I myself, as her initiate, reflected the supernatural mode of consciousness into the mirror of the unconsciousness where my own spiritual transformation took place. Lastly, there is the case of mystical union where one person forms a link to a partner who dwells not in a body, 
and so the spiritual essence merges into the living being where both souls will be embodied. This connection creates immense potency, and its power ranges from that of a hurricane to a simple electric spark. Like the sun shining through an endless gap, this power alone can bridge the gap between divinity and the endless dark. Mystical union is not a simple task, as it's like harnessing lightning through thin air. These cosmic forces must be rightly understood and employed before they are to be shared. The potency of this mystical link is stored within the life force of the man, because only the creative potential of semen can transfer this energy, and this is the source of where all life first began. A cosmic tie at its essence is a mystical union. This understanding realizes how all energy is sacred and divine, whereas the human body is mere vehicles for the energy of our ancestors, which continues to align. Be it karmic or cosmic, the bond created is proportional to its devotion and weight. If at any time union is broken, then the tie is cut off while the heart also breaks. The deeper the connection, the more two people will crave that union which made them whole, and no matter where the other half wanders, they will always remember the moment where they were one united soul. Healing occurs through love, and love grows upward through the seven planes. Each single life is but a stage upon the soul's journey while only the evolution remains. All healing is growth, and the source of life is all love. Sexual union is the divine link between the lowest planes of life below and the highest divinity above. She said, our gaze was locked when she pulled me inside of her, where two became one. Impossible to describe, a mystical union had begun. Connected to her forever, she had sight from within my eyes. I could hear her watching each and every thought, and now I understood that this is the place I would return once the body dies. Upon the realization of spiritual union, the senses will shift from the personality to that of the all. The senses of the I, or me, will reach beyond birth and death, where all matters of suffering will be absolved. Everywhere you ever look, find us reaching out. In essence, this mystical union of our oneness is the initial link to reunite all souls as one cosmic whole. This cosmic tie is the definition of unconditional love, and our bond is even more powerful than the mightiest republic. There's no greater union than this, and so justice is what our love will look like in public. She said, one with Isis forever. It was her eyes that held the secret of the soul. All the energy that ever came into form first passed through this great woman's control. In mystical union, we do not choose our partners, but rather we offer ourselves for service to the masters of inner planes. And by my sword, you are now connected to my divinity, and this is the height of the highest union's aim, said Isis.